1: if you get caught up in just trying to know all the minutiae stuff, you miss what the message is here. What's the message here? The message is clear in Revelation 17. Absolutely clear. Crystal clear. Here's what I put in my notes. One world government in the end ruled by the Antichrist. The world's inhabitants will marvel in Antichrist and worship him. But at some point, things take a drastic and shocking turn. Antichrist turns on the very people who have bowed to worship him.
0: Revelation contains metaphors and symbolism that can be confusing and overwhelming. If you spend your time trying to decipher the numbers of heads on the beast or the colors of the horses, you're likely to miss the core message that this book contains. As Pastor Danny warns in today's message, when you strip it down, the book of Revelation contains a warning for unbelievers and hope for the believer. Bad things are going to happen to those that reject God, but the saved will be spared. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Revelation chapter 17 as he begins his message, Beastly Betrayal.
1: Revelation 17, and uh, we are in the period known as the Great Tribulation in our study of Revelation, which is the majority of the book. Last week, chapter 16, seven angels with seven golden sashes around their chest. They're dressed in linen. Their mission is holy, uh, but it's ugly. It's holy, but it's ugly. They have seven bowls of God's wrath uh, to pour out on the earth. It's a prophetic time. It's a future time, but it's going to happen. It's going to be awful it's going to be awful. Then in chapter 17, after the chapter 16 of the wrath being poured out bowl by bowl, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, that would be the apostle John, come and I'll show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters. We have seen, we'll see again in the chapter, the many waters represent peoples, nations, languages. It's people around the world. So the prostitute sits on many waters Uh, With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. The Bible mentions literal adultery, but it also mentions spiritual adultery, and both is happening here. James, in that little letter of James, tells us that friendship with the world is hatred toward God and is spiritual adultery. Then the angel, verse 3, carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. A scarlet beast. Why a scarlet beast? Because she's laden with sin. Isaiah 118. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow if you put your faith in the Savior. Sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names. Blasphemous names because of the leader's who are anti-God, and it had seven heads and ten horns. If you've been with us, you know what that is. That is the ten-nation confederation that will be ruled by the person the Bible refers to as the Antichrist. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. She's not your normal walk-down-the-street prostitute. She's high-end. She held a golden cup in her hand, filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. This title was written on her forehead, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. There are some things in here you go, that's kind of odd. What does that really mean? Well, we've already been through Babylon the Great. Just a reminder, Babylon the Great, as we studied it, Babylon... The original place where the first human system of government was formed that left God out of the equation. People got together and said, let's build a tower to the heavens that we might make a name for ourselves. God looked down and saw, man, if they are unified in this, then they're going to do a lot of bad things. So he threw a wrench in it. And he comes down as they're building this tower uh, for themselves. A name for themselves. God confused their languages. And then you're like, you can't work together because you don't know what the other guy's saying. saying. Are you going to keep building the tower when you can't communicate? And he scattered them over the face of the earth. And that's where we get the different languages. And so it was called the Tower of Babel for two reasons. God confounded the languages. It was Babel to them. They couldn't understand one another. And because... The place they're building the tower is ancient Babylon. Babylon the Great here, as we've seen earlier, is not geographic. It's global. It's the world system. It's the spirit of the world. Now, you'll appreciate I'm a very simple-minded guy. Uh, I I like to bring it down to terms. I like God to bring it down to terms where I can really understand. So I'm going to try to do that for you. Uh, Here's the simple spirit of the world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Don't love the world, anything in the world, for everything in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life come not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away. Will pass away. He who does the will of God will endure and live forever. This is the spirit of the world. It's a spirit of prostitution. Prostitution in that it's very alluring. You don't look at this prostitute and go, "Nah, she's not good enough." You look at this prostitute and she is dressed to the kill and to kill. And you look and she's just absolutely wow, very alluring, very alluring. Now you add that to what the Bible tells us about us, us, me, us. <laughs> Jeremiah seventeen nine: the heart is deceitfully wicked and beyond cure. So you take the spirit of the great prostitute Babylon the Great. And you get people like us, and whoa, it's a challenge, isn't it? Then you look at verse 6. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. Jesus said, if the world hates you, don't be surprised. They hated me first. And we have a history, years and years and years, of people who really love God, and the world turns against them, and you have martyrs. Still today, people dying because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Because the world hates them. Middle of verse 6. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. And then the angel said to me, why are you astonished? I'll explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast she rides, which has the seven heads and ten horns. The beast which you saw once was, now is not, and will come up out of the abyss someplace way down there and go to his destruction. Now you understand, right? Yeah, it gets a little muddy. The inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast because he once was, now is not, and yet will come. Now, let me clue you in. When you read books like the Revelation and other prophetic books, you have things like the beast, the beast. But the beast, you find it synonymous with, well, for example, The ten-nation confederation here, ruled by Antichrist, is referred to as a beast. But the Antichrist is also referred to as the beast. And then you find Revelation telling us about the ancient serpent, the dragon, the devil. And so he is a beast. So don't get confused when all of them are referred to as beastly. The beast once was... Now is not, and yet will come. What does that mean? Hang on. You're still awake, right? Got to pay attention. Verse 9. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. Most scholars agree verse 9 refers to Rome. Keep reading. Verse 10. They are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is. The other has not yet come. But when he does come, he must remain for a little while. The beast who once was and now is not is an eight king. He belongs to the seven and is going to his destruction. Again, hang on. Verse 12. The ten horns you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour, not a literal hour, but a brief amount of time, will receive authority as kings along with the beast. They have one purpose. And will give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war against the Lamb, Christ. But the Lamb will overcome them because he's Lord of lords and King of kings. And with him will be his called, chosen and faithful followers. That would be Mawa and Uah, if you know Christ. And uh, that fast is forward to Revelation 19. We're not going to go there today. But in the very end, when Christ comes back, he's going to slay the beast. And we're going to go get him, (laughs) and we're going to be with him. It's going to be so cool. I'm walking around down in my neighborhood early this morning before everybody else got up. It was one of those, you know, quarter to five, boom, I'm awake. It's like I don't want to be awake, but I'm awake. And so I got up and did a prayer walk. And I'm thinking about this passage and thinking the reality of what's actually going to happen, that I'm going to be with Jesus and the armies of heaven, and we're going to slay the beast. (laughs) It's like, as a guy, you just go,
0: whoa, yeah.
1: (laughs) But this is real stuff. I mean, it's really going to happen. I just can't wait. Sharpen your sword, man. Some of it's a little muddy. Let me just not to get bogged down. The seven kings, some see as seven forms of Roman government. Others as seven Roman emperors. Still others see them as ancient world powers. Uh, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece are the five that have fallen. The one that is now would be the Rome in John's day because Rome was ruling. And then the seventh would be Rome revived. And the eighth king is ruling over the revived Roman Empire. That's my view. I believe it's the correct, correct view. I'll get you the tape. <laughs> Verse 15. Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. Pause there. Ten-nation confederation. Antichrist is ruling over it during the Great Tribulation, right? The ten-nation confederation and the Antichrist are inspired and empowered by the dragon Satan. Satan. Okay, that clear? Prostitute. She sits on many waters. There are peoples, multitudes, nations, and language. So here's the deal. The prostitute is in St. Pete, but she's also in Beijing, but she's also in Moscow and in L.A. She's everywhere. It's the spirit of the world. Now it gets really good. You'll be glad you stayed awake. Verse 16, the beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. Whoa, what are you talking about? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't didn't back in verse 3, I saw the woman sitting on a scarlet beast. She's riding the beast. And now the beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They'll bring her to ruin. They'll leave her naked. They'll eat her flesh. They'll burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to give the beast their power to rule until God's words are fulfilled. And then one last verse. This one also, a little bit of a challenge. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. And people want to know, what city is that in this coming day? What city is it? Is it Rome? Is it literally Rome? Okay. I don't know. (laughs) Hatch. I don't know. Is it Rome? Could be. Now, let me break this to you. Let me break it gently. You better sit down. Good. I don't care. Because some people get so caught up into trying to identify things that aren't clear. Scripture interprets Scripture, and so I can go to the things that Scripture interprets, and it says this, 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 and then you put them together, and you say, I'm solid on this one. But what exact city is this? I don't know. And I don't care. Because if you get caught up in just trying to know all the minutiae stuff, you miss what the message is here. What's the message here? The message is clear in Revelation 17. Absolutely clear. Crystal clear. Here's what I put in my notes. One world government, in the end, ruled by the Antichrist, the world's inhabitants will marvel in Antichrist and worship him. But at some point, things take a drastic and shocking turn. Antichrist turns on the very people who have bowed to worship him. The year was 1804, Napoleon Bonaparte summoned Pope Pius VII to leave Rome and come to Paris in order to crown him Emperor of France. Knowing that the one who crowns the Emperor would always have a voice of power with the Emperor, Pius showed up with crown in hand. But just as he was about to place the crown on Napoleon's brow, Napoleon grabbed it from Pope Pius and crowned himself. Horrified, Pope Pius immediately understood the implication. Napoleon had wrested all power from Rome. But Napoleon used anybody he could to get what he wanted. Here's the message of Revelation chapter 17. The Antichrist and his empire that dominates the world in this coming day have taken ultimate advantage of the woman And she sits on many waters. And she lures people. And when hell huddles, there's only one of three plays hell calls. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. Your dream to be a rock star. Your dream to be successful. Your dream to have more money. Your dream to have something that is out of the will of God. Whether it has to do with the lust of an appetite and satisfying an appetite that's outside the will of God. Seeing something, the lust of the eyes and saying, if I just had that. (laughs) Or the pride of life, which is glory and fame and things like that in this life. And look, here's the deal. Let me remind you of the God of this world, the God of this world. And he's called the God of this world in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4. Satan is the God of this world. John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus said, He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, He comes only to steal and kill and destroy but he's so good at what he does. And when you again take the deceptiveness of our own hearts, that we would believe the enticement when he says, yeah, if you just had her, yeah, but her is out of the will of God. Yeah, if you just had him, yeah, but him is out of the will of God. If you just had it, yeah, but is it what God wants you to have? Or if I just had, yeah, rock and roll, fame. Success and all the stuff you know. I dreamed about as a kid. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be Don Henley. I wanted to be Don Henley, the Eagles. He's so cool. He had a fro, man. He had hair out the ear, and I was like, I, I, I It's wonderful. I'm singing Hotel California, and I just, I mean, that was my dream. Let me tell you how it works. Right, here it was. <laughs> The house is empty. Larkville Circle. we moved to Newsom Drive, and my stepdad before he was able to rent and eventually sell the house. I knew the house was empty, so it was the weekend I thought we need. We'd go to the house, man, nobody'd be there. So I invited some of my buddies, and one buddy invited another guy that I wasn't friends with. He's a couple of years older than me, and as far as I was concerned, he's the coolest dude in Hartsville, South Carolina. Mike was the first guy in our hometown to grow long hair. And long hair that people like me would be envious of. Mike was tall. He was thin. He'd walk by and the girls, hey, Mike, hey, Mike. You know, Mike rode a Harley. Mike had the first tattoo. I'm like, this dude that I invited to go party with us at my, my old house because nobody's in there, you know. And here I am sitting in my old bedroom. I'm telling you, I'm just, look at, look at me, look at me, good, good, look at me. It was glorious. It was absolutely glorious. Here I am sitting around, and Mike, he's got a big bag of weed, and I know he's got the best weed, and he pulls it out of it, and he's rolling one of the biggest joints I've ever seen in my life, and I'm sitting there going, this is amazing. And we smoked more pot in one night than I ever remember smoking in my life in one night. I don't even know why we kept smoking it. You couldn't get any higher, but it was abundant. And so I'm like, let's smoke another one, you know, because Mike Kirkley is here. Now, I know you're looking at me and I'll get a few emails and, you know, you're glorying in your sin. I am telling you, I had a great time that night. I had an awesome time. Now, fast forward. Right after I became a Christian, I worked with Mike in the summer back home from Liberty University on a construction site. He still had the Harley. He still had the long hair. He was still tall and thin. But he looked eight to ten years older than he really was. The last time I saw Mike was several years ago. He had grown a Fu Manchu. He still had the long hair. He had cool wire rim glasses. And he looked like a granny. <laughs> he looked awful. And while I still pray for Mike, I don't even know if he's still alive. God delivered me. It was a lie. Because at some point, the thing that Satan entices you with, that we naturally go to anyway, everyone, James says, is dragged away by his own evil desire. I loved smoking pot during those days. I didn't need Satan to tell me. I enjoyed it. But then he entices you. He said, yeah, man. And he entices you with these things. And it's a lot because at some point, it turns on you. My best drug buddy was Randy Truitt. I had some great times with Randy. One of my favorite memories of being with Randy was we went to Columbia, South Carolina to hear Joe Walsh and his band. It was around the time, 1973, right? Right? Remember 1973, Joe Walsh, for you old people? That's when he came out with the album, The Smoker You Drink, The Player You Get. I thought, what a great name for an album. He probably made that name when he was stoned out of his mind. <laughs> which he was most of the time of his life. He's been clean now for many years. He wrote a song one day at a time about his sobriety. Probably still smoking weed. That was the album that had the song Rocky Mountain Way. Now I'm taking some of you back. I had a great time with Randy at the Joe Walsh concert in Columbia, South Carolina. And we got high as a kite last time I saw Randy it was pitiful pitiful his wife died a few years ago they called the emergency emergency personnel to the little trailer they lived in with their only daughter god bless her and because it was such a sudden thing Randy wasn't able to get rid of the meth lab that he had in the trailer and so he got in trouble there now she's dead He's dead. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but that's that's my history. That's my. But I had some good times. I had some good times. But here's the lie. The lie is this is what this is where it's at, man. That's the lie. Now let me let me say this. You might be going, well, I you know I never was. I never was a hippie, and I never was a drug addict. I never smoked pot and all that kind of stuff. Praise the Lord. But I know people that never did what I did and don't have my particular history and they're just as much an addict as I was and they are addicted to worldly fame and that's their goal in life it's the x factor it's the American idolatry it's if I can just make it be a singer I can make it and be an actor or or they say if I just get a little more money and it's all a lie but it's a believable lie we believe it
0: so blessed to be able to share the word of God with you on each new edition of the living word thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience and thanks for tuning in today we'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the hope of salvation with the world would you join us in praying for the listeners of the living word pray that God would touch each person with his love and open their hearts to the truth of his word please pray also for us We want to continue following God's plans for this program, no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the Living Word? This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible, so as to not distract from the Word. That does incur some costs, however. So if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under forms. Any amount is used for this ministry and is greatly appreciated. Thanks for praying about this. While you're at our website, you'll be able to listen to additional teachings from this series in Revelation, as well as learn more about the Living Word. That website once more is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. We pray God continues to bless you as you study His Word and open your heart to His love and grace. Thanks for listening today to The Living Word.